Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jake Walker, and you're listening to Living for the Day, a podcast that exists to encourage and equip people to live in light of the day of Jesus' return. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Whew, come on. I'm so excited for this episode today. I get to interview my dear friend and fellow pastor, Bo Flores. Um, We're going to talk about the importance of understanding what a worldview is and seeking to have a biblically-based Christian worldview. So I'm really excited for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, let's jump right in. Right. Well, welcome everybody. I'm so thankful that you're on, and I'm really excited to have my dear friend, fellow pastor, Bo Flores, with me today. Bo, thanks so much for being on Living for the Day. Well, thanks, Jake, man. I'm honored to be here. Yeah. Bo, tell us just briefly a little bit about yourself, and uh, you work at CA. Yeah, for yeah. To know it, who you are. Yeah, I, uh, I've been on staff at CA since 2011, so uh, 11 years now I've been here and married to my beautiful bride, Blake. We've been married since 2010, uh, just hit wow. our 12-year anniversary this Woo! last fall. I Praise know, God. 12 years, man. It's fun. Uh, we've got three babies. Yes. Uh, my daughter, Austin, turned seven today, which is crazy. And then Shepard, who is five, and Weston, who is three. They're amazing. Uh, Weston's a little wild man. Yes. And uh, yeah, life is good, man. Yeah, it's so awesome. Uh, for... Any listeners who don't know, um, Bo, you were a part of the process of hiring me at Christian Assembly. Yes. And uh, and also um, just invest investing in me so mm-hmm. much. And so I just want to honor you as a, a leader in my life and someone who's poured so much into me. I wouldn't be who I am without you, and I'm really thankful for you. So thanks for believing in me. Yeah. And uh, just your part in my life, loving Jesus. Oh, thanks, Jake. Yeah, I. Uh, for those who maybe who don't know, I led the student ministries starting in 2011, and you jumped into the high. Well, I called you to invite you into the hiring process. Yeah. I think that was in 2013, was it? Yes, 2013, and uh, ended up you were just so clearly the guy for the role, and so got to see you start in your active pastoral ministry season, and watching you grow has been such a gift. And in 2000. 16 or 17, when I started leading our young adult ministry called Fusion, you began leading CA students. And uh, Jake, I've just been so proud of how you've led and, and seeing your development and growth. And, you know, it's like the dream of a leader is that the person mm. who follows you would take it further than mm. you could ever take it. And I believe that's true. I'm not saying that to you know self-deprecate. I think that you've just taken it to so, such amazing places. And so I just honor you and I'm grateful to have been a part of your journey and, you know, to see how fruitful you've become. Mm -hmm. I just, I feel proud and humble to have been a part of that. Yeah. Wow. 
thank you for that. Bo. And I'm grateful for our friendship today. Yes. Like there's just a brotherhood and a friendship yep. that I think is just such a gift to Amen. me. Uh, I feel the same way. Bo, you are on this podcast today called Living for the Day. Mm-hmm. Uh and um, it's just, it's all about, hey, it's, as we're going to talk about today, it's about having a worldview shift. Yeah. You know, that there's a day coming where we're going to see our creator face to face. And I just wanted to start just, Bo, what is something you're excited for when it comes to living for the day? What's something you're excited for, for heaven uh, anything kind of you'd want to say yeah, about that, man. I, I think there's so much there that I think is to our benefit. That's why I love this podcast It's to our benefit to consider and to live our lives thinking with about eternity, with eternity in mind. And, you know, really there's, I think there's two, if I could just quickly highlight two, I think one, um, being reunited with the saints and yes. those who have gone before us, both those in our lives, right? our family members and those of our spiritual heritage and legacy to, to stand amongst our great cloud of witnesses and to be present with the, to be reunited with them. And to even like, I think about my grandpa to, to say like, grandpa, what you instilled in me, like I, I ran with that after, you know? So I think that being reunited with, both the ones that we love and man, the saints who I didn't know, but I want right. to meet, like I want to sit with some of these men and women of, of church history and right. hear, hear about their stories. And I don't know how that exactly looks. So I think that's part of it. But the other thing I think for me, I, you know, on a little bit deeper of a level maybe is to arrive at the place where I can be assured my sanctification process is complete. Yeah. Like that he, there will be a day where he who began the good work in me, it'll be completed in in that day in Christ Jesus. And I'll get to stand before my savior and hear him say, well done. Wow. Well done. Wow. You know, I, I think, I don't know. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love, you know, first John three, dear friends, we already are God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears but we do know that we will be like him for we will see him as he really is. Mm-hmm. It's just like, whoa, whoa. So excited. Yeah, man. That's so good. But when we were talking a little bit about, you know, what would you want to talk about, Bo? Cause I just want to get your heart and your mind and your thoughts on living for the day. Um, the topic of worldview mm-hmm. came up and, uh, I would just love to ask you kind of, why did, why did that, topic of worldview come to you as something you want to talk about on this podcast of living for the day? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I've been leading our young adult ministry for six or seven, five or six years now, six years, I think, and students for five or six years before that. And I've just become so aware of the various influences that are playing into young adults and students lives and their spiritual lives today. And there's been, my friend Mike Williams has this, um, this statement that he says, you know, on one level, everybody has a worldview that we operate from, but most people don't actually have a worldview. He says they have a worldview like W H I R L like to be world together where 
people without realizing have just like taken a whole bunch of different ideas and whirled them all together to create this weird mix of a worldview that has all of these completely incoherent and, you know, ideas that are totally go against each other. They're not like logically compatible. And yet they're trying to like piece together this like mosaic of a worldview that just doesn't, nothing seems to fit together. And wow, that's deep. I've become just so aware of it when I hear, when I sit with young adults and they are attempting to follow Jesus and I honor their, their efforts and their pursuit of following Jesus. But when I hear them speak, there's just so much stuff that comes out where I'm like, Oh, what you're articulating isn't actually Christianity at all. It's not biblical at all. Right. That's a very like Buddhistic way of viewing the world or that's actually completely atheistic what you're saying right there. Or, you know, that's a completely postmodern way to view this thing. And so I've become convinced of or aware of this, but the problem was I didn't feel equipped to have conversations on it. Mm. One of the real gifts of this last season is my friend, Michael Williams, who just completed his masters of Christian apologetics from Talbot. This guy's an engineer. He's a dad of two. He's married and literally for fun, he went and got this master's of Christian apologetics That's so cool. Uh, because he wanted to learn more. So Mike has been teaching me so much. He leads an apologetic huddle that we're a part of and all that. So I've been learning from him. And as I've learned from him, I've just become aware of how important this conversation is. And, and Jake, you one time used this phrase that stuck with me that really what we're doing, because you lead students, I lead young adults. They're very connected. Really one of the main parts of what we do is we're contending in the spiritual battle for people's worldview. Mm. You, you, I don't know if you remember saying that phrase to me, but it like (laughs) locked in my brain and I've been running with it. Um, it's so true. It is, it is. And so, because our worldview matters, it impacts everything that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Just to break it down, to be clear, how would you describe exactly what a worldview is? Yeah. 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 If you would define it. Yeah. A worldview is, I, I mean, you know, it's, According to the phrase, right? It's right. how you view the world. Yes. It's it's if you imagine glasses that you put on, it's yep. the lens through which you interpret everything that happens in the world that we see in the news, that happens down the street, that happens in your family, that happens in your church, you know, whatever it is. And so it's the lens through which you interpret everything around you and then make the decisions that you're going to make on how you're going to live how you're going to treat people, how you're going to vote, how you're going to handle mm-hmm. your money, how you're going to handle your sexuality, how you're yep. going to handle all of this. Every decision that we make is filtered through the worldview, the lenses that we have put on our on our lives through which we interpret and act in the world around us. Wow. Wow. Dang. And so everybody has a worldview. Yeah. And I heard you talk the other day about a worldview tries to answer certain questions. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what, what yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So really, and there's, you know, larger conversations you could have of like major categories that worldview speaks to of theology and metaphysics and all this stuff. And that's kind of a top shelf, which yeah. I, I'm more of like a middle, <laughs> low shelf kind of guy. Totally. So I'll leave that top shelf to the, uh, you know, the masters of Christian apologetics, but really a worldview tries to answer every worldview tries to answer four questions. Where did I come from? Okay. What or who am I? What kind of thing am I? 
why is the world the way that it is? Or why is everything so messed up? Mm-hmm. And is there any hope that things can get better? Or are there, are there any methods or ways in which things can get better? So where did I come from? What am I or who am I? Why is the world the way that it is? Why are things broken or so messed up? And then what will it take or is there any way to get improve the world, to make wow. the world better, right? Wow, wow. So... Any worldview you pick, whether it's, uh, you know, the worldview of a, of a religion or, you know, some of the major worldviews that we find in our, in our society, in our culture today, naturalism uh-huh. is a massive one, right? That um, the only things that are real are the things we can physically touch and, and see that, that, that can respond to our five senses. Science is of the highest order. If it doesn't, if it can't be explained by science, it cannot be real. There mm. cannot be any supernatural things, right? And so if you were to take naturalism and put it into that framework of those four questions, naturalism would have its attempt at an answer, right? Where right. did I come from? The Big Bang, evolution, you know, however yeah. you would want, want to phrase that. What kind of thing am I? What am I? Well, we are more evolved animals. Maybe we're the most evolved animals, but we're just physical beings. There's no spiritual reality to who we are. There's no eternity for us. Um, you know, why are things the way they are? Well, people don't have enough information about the science of this world, right? Global warming or climate change. And if we could just inform people on more scientific and people respond to the science better then things would Mm. start to get better. Right. So, you could put it on naturalism, postmodernism, mm. you know, this worldview of relative truth, critical theory, which mm-hmm. is now, you know, a, a, something that was birthed out of postmodernism, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's all power and mm-hmm. oppression. And so why is the thing, world so messed up? Because of oppression and because of power dynamics mm-hmm. and the way things will get better is if we take certain types of people out of power, put other people into power, right? So everything is trying to answer these questions. Wow. Wow. Where did I come from? Who or what am I? Why are things the way they are? And how is there a way things could get better? And something that I'm thinking about right now is there really are differences yes. <laughs> in worldviews. Yeah. And but maybe like you said, a world, yeah, just world around view, you don't really think about how there really are these massive differences. Like you were talking about naturalism. How did we what's where did we come from? Mm-hmm. On one hand, naturalism would say you were random, yeah. you know, uh, combination of who knows what Absolutely. that happened to come together, you yep. know, versus you were made in the image of God, right. breathed God's breath in you. Like, yep. come on, that's going to lead to some different conclusions about the value of life Absolutely, and how we're to treat people, all these kinds of different things. I don't know. This is just something, something that's coming to me right now, Bo, is just this idea of like, how do we know and like what we know, you mm-hmm. know, and just like world, our worldview is so important. And I think it's so worth talking about in this podcast. And I, that's just something I'm thinking about is like, and I want to get to that mm. of, you know, like, so what, if there are these differences they're not all equal. They're not all right. Right. And so how do we figure out which one is the right one? Hmm. And I don't know, all these big, big questions, but I guess I, we could go to anything you want to say, but yeah, how do we get to the right worldview and, and what is a Christian worldview? Yeah. Um, some of those questions. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, 
Jake, I think you're so right that as important as worldview is, which I would argue is probably the most important thing that a person, it dictates a person's life. Everything that we do is based on a worldview. Most, if not almost all of us never consider our worldview. Wow. We just put no thought into it at all. And worldview is kind of like culture, right? So we both lead teams. We're in an organization, you know, every organization has culture. The question is, did you decide on that culture or have, does, did the culture that you have just result from the circumstances around you from influences, right? So if you don't decide if, you know, for the CA students team that you lead, if you as the leader and with your team's input and participation, don't decide on the culture of CA students and pave the way for it, then you'll have the culture that you have, but it's going to be probably nothing like the culture that you want. I think our worldview is kind of similar. Mm. If we don't consider our worldview and we don't put effort and thought and research and study and discipline into forming a worldview that we find to be coherent, logical, truthful, based in reality, all of that, what we're going to get is whatever worldview we end up with. And, there are massive ramifications right. in that. This um, th- there's this quote by this guy John Stone Street, who who he leads what's called the Colson Center, which is just they're a great center. I listen to a bunch of their podcasts. They really help me shape my worldview. Um, but Stone Street has this quote where he says, "Ideas have consequences, yes, and bad ideas have victims." Wow. And if you let any idea that you let into your worldview is going to have consequences in your life. And if there's a bad idea that starts to shape your worldview, they're going to be victims mm. from that wow. worldview, right? Wow. And so you look, you know, wars or, you know, I would argue abortion or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be. Um, there's going to be victims from bad ideas that right. we let into our worldview. Wow. And I think, you know, one of the things you said about, the differences between the worldviews from naturalism to say a biblical worldview, a Christian worldview, it's, it's massive, right? <laughs> the idea of where did I come from? Yeah. Am I a result of all of these things that just happen and chances that I can't actually answer? And I don't know where the first protein came from. And how did the big bang happen? I don't really know. And how did I have all stuff? I don't know. But if I'm just a random set of circumstances and right. a physical body. If I'm just meat and bones mm-hmm. walking around, mm-hmm. there's no soul to me. There's nothing eternal to me. Then what I do doesn't matter. There's no day to live for. There's nothing. So I can do whatever I want with my body. I can do whatever I want with my sexuality. I can start that only fans. I can do whatever I want because right. none of it really matters as right. opposed to if I'm made in the image of God. And I will be held accountable. I, and there is a God, a creator, who's going to hold me accountable for every single day that he gave me on this earth. And there is a kingdom I'm participating in that changes how I live my life. And the people around me also are eternal totally. beings with an eternal destiny. Totally. So therefore, my actions and how I live and how I love and how I sacrifice and, and my words that create worlds are going to impact other people's trajectories for their eternity. Oh my gosh, my world is suddenly full of meaning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that meaning thing, Jake, is like so vitally important. When we look at so many of the tragedies we see in our world today, like, you know, the just the horrifically devastating mass shootings we're seeing right. over, like there's very common trends that we find among the the 
almost exclusively, if not totally, the young men who are per- perpetrating the shootings, right? And so there's broken relationships with dad and, mm-hmm. you know, all isolation from other people, all this stuff. But one of the things that is always true of these young men is they were lacking meaning in their life. Wow. They had no meaning right. or purpose to their to their existence, to why they were living, why they were waking up each day. And so when we are meaningless, we become dangerous to That's ourselves, good, to good, others. Bro. And But when we get set on a purpose, because my worldview informs me that I was made in the image of God, that I have purpose, that the creator put purpose into me, man, I wake up different every day. Yeah, I wake up excited and ready to honor God and the calling that he has on my life, wow. you know? Okay, so we're really establishing that our worldview really matters. Yeah. And um, I would like to ask us um, and and you, why, what, why are we convinced that the Christian worldview is the worldview, is, yeah. is the, the right worldview? Um, what are some things that we would say to argue that the Christian worldview most lines up with reality? Yeah, that's so good, Jake. Well, I think first let's... Let's define the Christian world. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What is that? Um, and, you know, there are probably multiple ways somebody could articulate it, and smarter people than me could probably articulate it better than this. But the way I always think about the world is how I was taught and really trained is to think about it in four kind of big chapters. Okay. So one is creation, then the fall then redemption, then restoration. Mm. Okay, so creation. There is a, according to scripture, there is a holy creating God, an intelligent designer who designed all of creation, most importantly, us. And when he created us, he made us different than everything else. We're not evolved animals. We're not just, you know, physical beings, but we are designed in the image of God, right? The image of God isn't a characteristic of us. It's the describe describing thing of us. Wow. It's what describes us. We are made in his image. And when he made us in his image, he assigned us purpose. He assigned us meaning. And we are designed in this way. Not only are we designed in this way, but all of creation. We live in a physical world that is real. This isn't a hallucination. It's not a right. dream. The things we experience, it's all very real as opposed to, you know, a Hinduistic worldview that would say, oh, the pain that you're experiencing is not actually real and all mm. of this stuff. Like, no, it's real. The yep. world that we live in, these chairs, yep. this table, it's all very real. Yep. And there's a God who created it. He created it good. So, the first question, where did I come from and what kind of thing am I? The first two questions, we came from a God who designed us and created us and we are made in his image. Every person we encounter is made in the image of God. The Imago Dei is in all of us. And so we deserve to give each other the dignity and respect of being made. And that alone is implications. When you think about dating our relationships, our interactions with people, when we encounter somebody on the street, when you're considering pornography, whatever it is, that person you're looking at, thinking about, interacting with, they are made in the image Image of God God. and worthy of the dignity and honor of a person made in the image of God. Huge ramifications. Radical. Um, But why are things so screwed up? Why are they the way they are? The fall, Genesis 3, sin entered the story. So things are broken in this world because sin came in and perverted every part of creation. It got into everything. Yeah. 
it broke our relationship with God. It mm-hmm. broke our relationships with each other. It mm-hmm. broke our relationships with the environment and mm-hmm. the world in which we live. And so sin is the problem that we see everywhere. So we believe in creation. We believe in the fall and sin. And then we believe in redemption. Christ's work on the cross. How could things possibly get better? The third question, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Or the fourth question. How could things possibly get better? Jesus came, lived the holy life, was the perfect Israel, was the atoning sacrifice for us, defeated sin and death on the cross. Croesus victor, right? Vic- victorious over Satan, sin and death, and redeemed his fallen people separated from him. And so we now get to, we are now redeemed by him, but it goes one step further than that because now we also live in the part of the story that is redemption, Mm. that not that, or sorry, that is restoration. Mm. Not only did he redeem everything, but he's restoring everything. He's taking it back to the garden. He's taking it back to Genesis one and two. And so we now get to live in the part of the story that is God restoring the world back to the way he intended it to be, his kingdom come. And so that puts massive meaning and purpose into our lives that every single day I wake up, my worldview informs me that some part of my day is going to be a part of God restoring the world back to the way he meant it to be. Praise God. A relationship with a person who's going to decide to follow Christ and a meaningful activity and encounter with God, whatever it might be. And so um, I think that as much as we can view all of our lives through those four kind of big chapters, creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration, restoration, that informs all the activity. Wow. Every decision you make, the way you spend your money is informed by the fact that I live in a fallen world that has been redeemed and is now being restored. Yeah. How you treat your wife, you know, how you're going to raise that baby, all of this stuff, Jake, it's all informed by this worldview. Wow. Wow. And I'm excited to hear from you, Bo, like some things in the Christian worldview that you're like, hey, our current context Mm. and culture does not understand this and... This is a particular way the enemy is attacking and deceiving and leading away from a Christian worldview. For example, I think that a huge problem in people's worldview in general today is a lack of the biblical worldview of the fall. Yep. Like, like if we don't believe that we're in need of salvation, if we think humanity is, um, that sin is not a thing, that then all of a sudden we don't need a savior to save us, you know, for, for eternity. Um, it just has radical implications for morality, yep. for all kinds of things. So that's one to, to listener. I just want to ask you, do you really, do you take sin seriously? And do you take the holiness of God seriously? Um, because that's going to radically impact how you think about, um, how to live your life and, and what is good and what is evil. (laughs) And, uh, so I don't know, Bo, is there anything you'd say in terms of, man, these are particular areas that, man, the enemy is trying to pull us away from a Christian worldview. We need the Christian worldview to speak to this. Yes, absolutely. I think that what you said is so right. Sin, right. And if there's no sin, then there's no need for a savior. And then Jesus becomes, maybe a good moral teacher, maybe a good example. Usually when I hear people who kind of think that way, talk about Jesus, what they usually say is, well, you know, Jesus taught us to love everybody and be nice to each other. Right. It's like, well, that's part of what he taught, but he taught 
more than that, he right? He did. taught significantly more than that, right? Um, I think one one area that I think I probably encounter the most is just where people place their primary identity or they draw okay. their primary okay. identity from. Yeah. So in our culture today, our gender or sexual identity has been heightened to right. pretty much the most important thing about you. Right. It is the defining characteristic of who a person is, mm. even to the point that it defines which community you're a part of. Mm. Either you're a part of the LGBTQ community or you're not, right? That's mm. like one of the main things. And I just think that that is contrary to a biblical Christian worldview that says, no, the primary place that you draw your identity from is being made in the image of God. God. Yeah. That's the first and foremost place because that informs everything else. And if you're getting, if we're getting our identity from any place other than I'm made in the image of God. And then what the rest of the Bible has to say about who we are, I'm made new in Christ. I'm a saint, you know, all of this stuff. Then if we begin in a non-biblical worldview place, that's going to lead us to draw some incorrect conclusions. It's going to lead us. Those are going to be bad ideas. They're going to have consequences and victims. We're going to victimize ourselves or other people or whatever it might be, um, you know, doing harm to ourselves, Yeah. In our relationships and relationship with God and all that stuff. So I think the, the identity question is a ba- massive one. That's, that's so true. And you know, it's not always hard to, or it's not always easy to swallow what the mm-hmm. Bible says, you know, that we're sinners. Yeah. <laughs> we have sinned against a holy God and our sin, though he loves us, our sin offends him mm-hmm. and deserves to be punished. All these things, that's not easy to swallow. But to me, it's like just experiencing life. Like life's not always easy to swallow, you know, like, like reality you know, is sometimes rough, right? And so to me, it makes sense that, you know, reality is not going to just line up with every single thing that I think, you know, all the time. And so I, I just feel thankful for the warnings in the Bible, the truth of the Bible to say, hey, here's the reality. You're a sinner and you need redemption like you were talking about, Bo. And so I don't know. I just feel, yeah, feel and, thankful for that. And I like what you were saying, Jake, about the difference between reality and your feelings as well, right? Because those two things are not always on the same page. No. We do uh, my That's life. a huge mistake in our culture. Right it now. absolutely is. My life group, um, we ha- where we got five couples in our life group, Blake and I have been a part of for over a decade now, and we got 13 kids in this life group. Wow. It's madness, Jake. We can't even get together in the same place altogether, barely, because it's, like, it's just like a zoo with these kids everywhere and all that. But... A group of us started meeting with our kids, um, the oldest group of our kids, every other Sunday afternoon in one of the rooms at our church. And we found this curriculum that is basically helping to teach kids about worldview. Wow. And so it's very basic. I mean, my five-year-old shepherd is in there, but the lessons are, you know, the first week, the big idea was truth is what is real. Yes. And so we're helping with, they were giving these statements and helping the kids be able to say whether that statement was a true statement or a not true statement. And then the next week was, it was about feelings, but the big idea was truth is different than my feelings. Wow. I'll need you to send that to me for yeah. parenting. <laughs> well, yes, absolutely. But Jake, I was in this class and I just kept thinking, goodness, I know some 26 year olds who could really benefit from this idea yeah. of 
my feelings are different than what is necessarily true. And actually, let's, I don't want to be, be honest. Yeah, I don't want to be cheeky or like condescending. Like I got a 38-year-old named Bo. I, me, I was going to say, I got a 31-year-old <laughs> named Jake yeah, that who, needs that lesson. Who could benefit from that lesson of like, Bo, your feelings, they're real, but they're not always what's true. And the question is when what we understand to be true and our feelings are not in line with each other, which one do we base our decision-making off there you of? Go. There you go. And I think our culture has entirely rooted itself in feelings. What feels good, what feels right to you, my goodness, follow your heart. This phrase, follow your heart, which is just like one of the most dangerous, destructive. What does the Bible say about your heart? Like, be careful about it, right? Like, it's, it's deceitful. It's deceitful it's above all else. Like, yeah. it's the thing that's going to lead you astray, right? So, um, but man, we just... We just chase our feelings around right, in this culture, right, and right, it it makes me think of idolatry mm. and like um, really the difference between right worship and idolatry. Yeah, like kind of comes down to that, mm. you know, and like who such a central part of your worldview is who is who are you going to worship and yeah. who is worthy? Yeah, and I think our culture is, in general is an idolatrous culture that says worship. You are, you worship yourself, yep. uh, whatever you want. Right. But that is, that leads to destruction. Yep. Um, we see it and the scriptures show it. We see that life flows from worshiping the only one who's worthy. Amen. Um, who is Christ. Um, really quick, Bo, I want to bring it, um, even more pointedly to living for the day. I just would love to hear your, your, your thoughts in terms of, why does a Christian worldview matter so deeply? I know this is such a big question, but yeah. you know, for for living for the day, for mm. every day infused with with living for heaven, why why does a Christian worldview matter for living for the day? That's so great. That's such a big question. Well, I think for one, they're both rooted in reality. Yeah. And, you know, one of the questions you asked of, like, how do you know a Christian worldview? There's obviously a ton we could say. I'll, I'll just quickly say, yeah, yeah. because of Scripture, because mm. of the Bible, mm. and because of the confidence that I have in what the Bible teaches and how we got the Bible, mm. um, because of the study that, that I've done, the learning that I've done of how confident we can be in the manuscripts and all, yes. all of that stuff, right? Yeah. So the Christian worldview is rooted in Scripture, which I believe is rooted in reality. Yes. And... The day in which we stand in the presence of God, when when eternity is realized, when we're Come there, on. that's a real thing as well. And wow. so they're both rooted in reality. There you go. Um, so I think that's that's first and foremost. I think that the other, you know, as far as living for the day, why does a, <clears throat> a Christian worldview matter? I think that living according to a Christian worldview helps us to experience the day on this side of eternity in its fullest, mm. right? Where, you know, heaven, yes, is a place ultimately that Jesus will gather his church. But at the same time, heaven is something we experience in the presence of God every day yeah. now as well. Right. Like we're glimpses of, we're part of the king. What did Jesus say? The kingdom of heaven has come near. It's here now as well. And so living according to a Christian worldview allows us to, to the best of our ability, I believe, experience the presence and the, 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 the goodness of God in our lives, participate in his kingdom every day now. So I feel like it's living according to a Christian worldview is the best preparation we can have yes. for the day. Yes. 
that we could possibly imagine where, you know, I'm experiencing God's presence daily Mm. and someday I'll experience it in its fullness in that, on that day. But for now, I'm going to practice it as best I can, according to the best of my ability to understand the Christian worldview and to filter every decision I make through this lens of there is a day that is coming where I will stand before God, where my deeds will be laid out, where I will be held accountable for every word that I spoke, where those that hopefully I led into a relationship with Jesus or participate in that, they're going to be there as well. Like having all of that in mind informs, Bo, you have no time to waste. Bo, your life matters. Bo, today today is the day God has given you, so get to work on it. Um, And live according to this, you know? Bo, I'm just, I'm so impressed with you and just thankful mm. for you, man. And just want to just encourage you that I just, I think you're so wise and intelligent. And I also see all the work that you've done, mm. you know, but I just love talking to you about this stuff. And so for somebody who is like, okay, I'm hearing that worldview matters. I'm hearing that a Christian worldview matters. I'm hearing that there are differences in worldviews. How do I really develop a Christian worldview? How do I grow in it? How do I, cause you know, growing in the knowledge of God. That's all over scripture, right? So, Bo, how does, how does someone who's eager, who's like, I want to develop my Christian worldview. I want it to, I want to make sure that I actually have a Christian worldview. Yeah. What are some habits? What are some actions I can take to, yep. to develop my Christian worldview? Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, consistent commitment to time in scripture is going to be first and foremost for that. Um, because that we, our worldview is informed or it's formed by the places that we draw information and the places that we give authority to in our lives. So right. if, if CNN or Fox news or whatever is your main place, that's going to inform your worldview. And so right. choosing to make scripture, the primary place that you draw information from is going to be first and foremost yeah. in that, right? So getting, letting scripture form your mind first before you pick up your phone in the morning there and let go. Instagram or Twitter start to form your worldview for the day to let wow. scripture do that is, wow. is massive. Wise. Um, I think the other biggest thing for me is finding some great sources of wise teachers and mm. leaders who operate out of a Christian worldview and who specifically teach on worldview. So one of the helpful resources to me, and this is something that you recommended years ago. Um, every day I still listen to the briefing by Albert Moeller, oh, this yeah. great podcast. And I don't agree with Albert Moeller on everything yeah. theologically, but I think he's a wise teacher of the Bible and his whole, it's a 20, 25 minute podcast every day. That's news and events from a Christian worldview. That's how he frames it. Yeah. And so I'm, when I listen to that podcast, it teaches me, it trains me to hear to interpret news and events from around the world through the Christian worldview. So when I'm hearing him talk about Putin's invasion of Ukraine, I'm not just hearing about a global war, but I'm hearing it through a Christian. Here's how Christians should be thinking about this. Right. The other one is the Colson Center. These a couple of podcasts, Upstream and Breakpoint, are these really helpful podcasts for these people who just help me learn to interpret things through a Christian worldview wow. better. So, you know... My own study in scripture is key. And then learning to listen, learning from people as I listen to them, as they model for me, here's how you can think about the midterm elections through a Christian mm. worldview. Here's how you think about Christmas through a Christian worldview. Here's yeah. how you think about New Year or whatever it might be. You wow. know, So I would encourage a couple to research some good resources of people who can help you start to be trained in how to think through things in yeah. this, this lens. Yeah. 
Bo, so good. And I know that this could be a whole episode. Maybe I'll we'll do an episode on this. But um, when it ter- when it comes to like understanding the Bible and like interpreting the Bible and like because you know obviously that's the main good right advice to we need to go to the Bible yeah. for our Christian worldview. But in terms of like, do you have any initial thoughts? Not that you have to give a comprehensive answer here, but like for right understanding and interpretation of the scriptures, just any initial thoughts on what you would say to somebody? The biggest thing for me on this, Jake, is what, what is confessional Orthodox historic Christianity? How have they interpreted scripture on these verses or on these topics? Yeah. Right. So one of the things that I always want to do, I always want to be found on any topic living and teaching what the apostles taught. Yes. What did those who were closest with Jesus, what did they teach on money, on sexuality, on church order, on spiritual gifts, on dealing with a culture outside of the church that is opposed to their, whatever it might be. What did the apostles teach? Yeah. From there, I then go to, okay, then what did the early church fathers teach? What did the, mm. what did those who formed the creeds think? What did those, the, those who kept the flame burning during, you know, wow. the middle ages and wow. the dark ages, what did the reformers teach on these yeah. things? What did, you know, the, um, you know, those at the, at the vanguard of the Pentecostal movement of the 1900s, what did they teach on this? And so one of, I think one of the best things that you can do when it comes to interpreting and rightly thinking about scripture is to make sure any interpretation that you have, that it lines up with what historic Christianity has thought and taught mm, about this, which has been guided by the spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you sent that great video out to a couple of us that I watched on Francis, that Francis Chan did a oh, couple yeah. you know days yeah. ago or whatever, where he was talking about like, Okay, so you heard this person on TikTok say this thing that they thought up 30 seconds ago. You're a 16-year-old friend. You're going yeah. to trust yourself. That's going to be over <laughs> Athanasius who defended the Trinity, you know, like in these phenomenal ways or, yeah. you know, Arrhenius or whoever it might be. I'm going to go with the time-tested. Right. Like if I'm – if I want to be found anywhere, I want to be I want to be found standing with the historic church. Yeah. Uh, and any interpretation of Scripture – that does not line up with the historic church needs to be questioned. And in my opinion, largely rejected. Yeah. Uh, if not strongly considered and wrestled, wrestled over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so good, Bo. Um, I just appreciate your pastor's heart and your pastoral emphasis on truth, mm-hmm. you know, and, and truth with love. But yeah. I sense your pastor's heart through this desire to um, really be a shepherd, mm. you know, shepherd defends yeah. sheep and you're doing a great job at that. Thanks, Jake. And I'm, I appreciate you. Bo, as we wrap up, um, we just got a few minutes left. Yeah. Just while you're here, you know, on this podcast, is there anything else that's on your heart to share just regarding living for the day, mm. regarding worldview, any just kind of final thoughts um, that you just would want people to hear before I just ask you to bless and, and yeah, pray. absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the best questions that I've there, I think there's some great questions we can ask people that help inform the worldview they're operating from, right? What is good? You asked that earlier. It's one of the best questions you can ask somebody because the question of what is good will inform you of the worldview they're coming from. What is good is what is pleasing to me or whatever, right? Or what's good is what honors God. Um, but one of the best questions that I would encourage a person listening to this, if you're listening to this, to ask yourself when there's a 
massive informing thought that comes into your mind that you've realized, oh, this impacts my worldview to ask yourself, where did I hear this from? Mm. From where did I draw this idea? Wow. We... Wow, that's good, Bo. We are so deceptive to ourselves. We are so convinced that we, whatever, however we view the world, we're convinced that we came up with it ourselves. We're massively lying to ourselves. (laughs) All of our worldview was formed by somebody or from multiple sources. Wow. And I think that we need to be willing to ask ourselves, where did you hear that, right? It's the second question God asked humanity, right? He puts people in the garden. He tells them, don't, you know, don't eat from this one tree. They, in Genesis 3, they interact with the serpent. Serpent lies to them, says he knows, God knows if you eat that, you're going to be like him, which is such a sad thing because they were already like God, but they are deceived. They eat the fruit. They realize they're naked. They go in hiding. God comes in. First question, where are you? They come out. Oh, I was ashamed because I was naked. So I hid. Second question, God asks you. Who told you that you were naked? There you go, Bo. Where did you hear that from? Preach, bro. And when we are considering our worldview, I ask people this all the time. When I'm having a conversation with somebody about faith, they're talking about, oh, well, I can't really trust the Bible because, you know, the Bible was just written in the 1500s by a bunch of white people trying to keep people oppressed. And I just ask them, who told you that? Yeah. Where did you learn that from? Right. And I think it's worth, I would encourage anybody listening to this podcast when you think about your worldview, when you think about how you view sexuality, money, relationships, who God is, who Jesus is, what the role of the church is in our lives, all of it, who told you that? Where did you get that thought from? And is that a reliable source that you're willing to stake the day on? Wow. Are you willing to put what the day will be like for you? Because the day, the day when we step into eternity, it's going to be different for a couple different people, specifically those who know Christ and those who didn't know Christ. Right. Are you willing to stake the day on this piece of information that you heard on TikTok because somebody in a one set, one minute video convinced you the Bible was written by a bunch of homophobic white men? Mm. Well, who told you that? Wow. And is that a reliable source? So I would encourage right. anybody listening, be willing to interrogate your sources and decide, do I find this source reliable? to form my worldview. Wow. That, that'll preach brother. <laughs> and it, cause it, it's like, it's that idea that it's like, who's discipling you? Cause you're, you are being discipled by someone. Uh, yeah. who is, who, whose word are you basing your life on? Cause you will base your life on someone's word. And so yep. I just think that's so wise. So thank you for that, Bo. Yeah. Bo, I'd love, um, for your, uh, just as we close, uh, if you have a scripture, if you have mm-hmm. uh, just anything you want to pray, I'd love for you to just pray a blessing over the people listening to this, that they would, um, that God would just help them to develop a yeah. worldview that lines up with him. Absolutely. Um, so would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I'll pray in a second, but I want to read Ephesians four where Paul really articulates the difference of worldview of people where he says, starting in verse 17, he says, therefore, I say this and testify in the Lord. You should no longer live as the Gentiles live in the futility of Mm. their thoughts. That was their worldview. They are darkened in their understanding, excluded from life in God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. They became callous and gave themselves over to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with a desire for more and more. So they had this worldview that led them down this path of just futility of their thoughts, impurity in their actions, craving, giving over to every appetite, all of it. Sounds familiar. But 
That is not how you came to know Christ, Paul says, assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. To take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness, in righteousness and in purity of the truth. So Lord, I just bless anyone listening to this podcast yes, Lord. with a confidence that we can grow in our Christian worldview. Lord, I pray against any sense of anxiety or worry that I, what if I don't have a perfect worldview? We're in a fallen world, so none of us have the perfect exact worldview that we will have someday in the day. Mm. But for today, Lord, I pray that anybody listening to this would be convicted of any areas of their lives, that their worldview is informing a way of living that does not line up with your best and your design for them. God, I pray that everybody listening to this would truly consider, where do I get my worldview and what is my worldview and how is my worldview impacting my life and my decisions? And God, I pray that your church would be convinced that life with you is the best life to live and the best way we can experience that both today and on the day is to have a worldview that lines up with your scripture and your truth which we know is is found and rooted in you jesus as paul just said so god i bless anyone listening to this with the confidence that i can grow in my worldview and i can experience life with god better today in jesus name we pray amen 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 both, thank you so much for your time, man. This was such a blessing to me. I feel so encouraged. So thanks for your time. Man. Thanks, Jake. Glad to be here. Well, wow. I just feel um, really blessed and really equipped and encouraged myself from all Bo's wisdom. Um, just so thankful for you, Bo. I think the nugget for heaven today is, you know, that our worldview will be complete uh, in heaven, in uh, the knowledge of God. Uh, that we experience in the eternal state. And one of my favorite verses is Psalm seventeen fifteen, And it says, because I'm righteous, I will see you. When I awake, I will see you face to face and be satisfied. Whoo! That is such a promise to me. You know, that one day I will be fully satisfied in seeing Jesus. Come on. And we're going to be so satisfied in the knowledge of God um, when we see him on that day. So I'm just so excited about that. That's the nugget. So thankful for you. Would you be so kind as to leave a review, a written review of this podcast so that more people, God willing, can be encouraged and equipped to live in light of the day of Jesus' return. God bless you and we'll see you next time.